Hi, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Mel, your host, and this is The Love Manual. The Love Manual is a podcast where we get advice and tips from professionals, viewers, and our listeners on love and relationships. Please do not forget to subscribe and on YouTube and share and like us on Facebook. We would appreciate it. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Miss Devondra Brown. She is a sexual health and wellness professional who specializes in educating and helping professionals integrate sexual wellness into their current practices. And she is also a speaker, a consultant, and a coach. And she is a pleasure and a joy to have on the show. Please help me welcome Miss Devondra Brown. Hello, Devondra. Hey, Mel. How are you? Thank you. How are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate this. And, you know, like I was telling my spouse, you are such an amazing person. And everything that you do for others and for the community is such a pleasure. I know that they're just totally in love with you and your personality because you exude (laughs) happiness. So I know that you you shine on those that you help. Um, let me ask Aww. a quick question. I'm sorry. No, I was just about to say, oh, you make me feel good. Thank you so much for showering me with those compliments. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, no, no. You you deserve them. But I do want to ask how you are holding up during the pandemic. <laughs> breathing. Um, oh. <laughs> breathing through it. Uh, we are doing good as a family, I must say. I've lost a few friends. Um and people that I know, I have also had a number of people that I know who um, have suffered through it and survived. Um, so we're holding up. It's difficult. It's been good to you know, be blessed to be able to do something I love and work from home and not have to be um, you know, in close proximity to other people all the time. Um, so I'm holding up, but definitely prayerful for other people that don't necessarily have these luxuries and privileges um, and, and just saying, you know, just cognizant of how much this is impacting all of us, all of us. So, yes, I agree 100 percent. And it is um, really good that you can work from home and you enjoy mm-hmm. what you do and you are staying safe and healthy. That's really important. You know, so kudos to you and your profession. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I wish that I wish the country would take it more as the health crisis crisis that it is, you know, and um, I feel like they've over politicized it and and taking away from the fact that this really is a public health issue and that the things right now that we know, because I can't say the only thing, it's the things that we know right. that we should be doing, which is social distancing and mask wearing. And, you know, that's just it. Right now, it's all we have. It's important. We don't have a vaccine. We don't have serious, consistent working right. treatments. So, you know, we just got to do the best we can where we are. So. Absolutely. I agree yeah. 100%. For for the listeners and the viewers, can you please tell yeah. them what you do? 
Sure. So I have the wonderful privilege of serving people as a sexual wellness educator. Um, so what I do is I coach, I educate, and I speak on all things sexual wellness. Um, that's a little bit different than what average we usually hear, like sex education or sex health. Um, it's just a slight difference. So sex education is usually K through 12, kind of whether it's comprehensive or abstinence-based. And while I do teach on those subjects, um, that's not the extent of what I do. The, and then sexual health is usually more around preventative health measures, uh, reducing things like sexually transmitted infections, uh, preventing pregnancy and things like that. And so while I do that as well, that's not the extent. A lot of what I do is really around the journey of wellness and understanding sexuality as a cradle to grave health wellness journey. Um, and that's something that's really important for us all to understand, because I think once we start understanding that, the crux of my work is around kind of releasing the shame and guilt and societal pressures that we get um, and the perversions that we get around sex and sexuality through the years. It takes all of that away when you understand it as a wellness journey. So that's what I do. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of youth and adults actually need this information. And, you know, when we were growing up, of course, like you said, sexual education was K through 12 and it wasn't really as in depth as we really needed it to be at that time. So now, right. you know, with you and your knowledge and everything, I know that you are definitely giving it to them straight. <laughs> I try to. I definitely try to. And, and, you know, the thing is, is that every state, you know, because uh, sex education is not a federal law or anything. And so it's not a federal mandate of the education system. And so every state doesn't have even sex education, even at the base of what we know it as. Um, and that has changed throughout the years. You know, here in Louisiana, we don't have sex education in schools. Um, and wow. then at one point, even when it was in schools, it had to be abstinence only, not abstinence-based, abstinence-only, um, which while I totally understand, we always like to leave the morals and the ethics and things like that up to each family, abstinence-only really as a health, as a public health issue really hasn't been shown to work. And that's where I like to give kind of straightforward, evidence-based information. Um, I really, when it comes down to adolescents and children, enjoy the questions that they have, you know, answer it age appropriately, uh, engage with the parents so that they can understand how to answer those questions age appropriately and embed the morals and ethics that they'd like to embed within their family because every family is different. Wow. And yeah, you're right. I believe that that is really important. And like you said, evidence-based and making sure that it is age appropriate because these kids have some questions nowadays. So you're like, okay, what am I supposed to say now? And helping parents, <laughs> you know, get through that topic with the youth and the teens is not easy. So I applaud you for being able to help these parents along with their children because it's not easy. It's so not. is that the same thing as a uh, sexual wellness coach, yeah. So, so obviously I use the education of being an educator as well. I'm coaching as well as speaking and everything else, but coaching really is a practice that guides a person from where they are to where they want to be in a particular field, um, by using either emerging practices, um, 
proven evidence-based practices or uh, relying on different activities and exercises that have worked in other fields and applying them to whatever field you're working on. So when it comes down to sexuality coaching, it may look like, you know, me working with a couple um, that comes in and says that they're having um, like kind of equal attraction issues, right? So that one person may want to be more intimate and sexually involved a little bit more often than others. Well, then that might be, that's a coaching thing, right? So I would coach with, work with them to figure out what are some of the things, some of the imbalances, what it may be some of the root causes, but then really trying to get into what are some of the exercises and plans we can put in place to get to where they really want to get to. Wow. I love that. So Mm -hmm. let me ask you another question. You saying that you create the plans and everything like that. So I'm sure you work with these families for some time. And how do you see the change and the progress while you're doing this? Because what you do is, like I said, it's so amazing and it's so fulfilling. And I know that these families really enjoy having you in their life because I know I would. I would be like, (laughs) Brown, can you please answer this question for me? So. I know them, you know, having them and you being in their life is just a joy. So what kind of um, practices do you do with the family? Say if they have like a five-year-old kid and there's questions being asked, what do you do about that? Yeah. So let's say they have questions and they, and they have a list of them. I say, okay, bring in the list of the questions that the, the child is asking and then let's start figuring out uh, where you feel uncomfortable with answering those questions, right? Um, and where you feel comfortable with answering. So we go through that back and forth. And that's me and the parents. And then once we can kind of guide through there and we start figuring out what are some of the sticking blocks, a lot of times it's more about the parents not knowing themselves enough to answer the question at an age appropriate level because and one of the things that we do and I I can't I don't have a scientific term for it but we adult a lot of our thinking um and we will take a child's words and adult it right right Um, and we can't do that we (laughs) we can't we can't take their words and adulthood. We can't answer Absolutely. as uh, from an adult level. We have to bring it down to that five-year-old's level. Yeah. And so that kind of conversation happens. So if let's say a child is asking, a child is asking, okay, where do, where do babies come from? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and the parents and say it's like, working, no. Right. And then so they go into the storytelling and the baby's <laughs> right. like, no, my friend just went to the doctor and got the baby. So where did they come from? Right. <laughs> like the stock wasn't there. What are you talking about? Right. So you bring this, you know, and so you, you then start saying, oh, so what are you asking? That's why I always say, go back to the kid and say, what are you asking? Mm-hmm. Give, allow for that child to give you context. Where did you hear this from? Mm-hmm. Where do you see it? Can you show me where you saw it? So then maybe I can explain it to you. Right, you're getting that. context so you can answer the question. <laughs> Don't Absolutely. get confused on trying yeah. to figure out birds and bees and storks and deliveries yeah. and things that just make it a bit more that. difficult. That's just it makes it a bit difficult because then right. when you find out the truth, they're like, "Wait a minute, mom told me this, but now." And at five, they may not be asking all that. They're more than likely not asking all that. At five, they're like, where did it come from? Did it come from the emergency room, the hospital, the doctor? Where They are very concrete at five. So where did it come from is not the same as how did you make it? 
which is how we kind of start thinking. And you know, that is really true. And that is a good point because it is two different things. Two very different things. And we don't realize that. We just want to give the kid the quick answer, you know? Yeah. Yeah, or we dismiss them, right? Yeah. And that that mm-hmm. then starts, you know, as a sexual wellness educator, I will always say that starts the journey of shame and guilt around sexuality. Wow. That starts the journey. That whole consistently dismissing them. Don't, boy, don't talk about that. Girl, don't don't yeah. say that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Slapping their hands when they're going in, into diapers, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, telling them it's nasty. Oh, that's, that's dirty down there. Don't do that. You're starting the shame and guilt that young. And you know that is so true. And parents <laughs> don't even realize yeah. it. Like on one of they my don't. shows, I talked about when um the, the little boy, pushes the girl and hits her and everything and the parents be like oh he's hitting you because he likes you and this and that so at that young age parents are teaching their young girls that this guy is gonna hit you and that means he loves you right and it's okay right and it's okay so you know it's really good that you you know talk uh, actually said what you said the way you said yeah. it because yeah. it is important for us not to shame these children when they are putting their hands in their pampers and different things like that is right. a habit that they have sometimes and you know we can't well, say it's oh, not that's necessarily nasty. even a habit I mean we we right. are once again from cradle to grave we are right. sexual beings like right. it or not mm-hmm. our body naturally wants pleasure no matter what it is it's the reason that we you know for the most part if you've received hugs as a good thing you like hugs right because you're exchanging an intimate pleasure it does it's not sexual it's an intimate pleasure it is what it is once again the whole touching thing we're adulting it Mm-hmm. They're just touching themselves, their body, their skin. They're touching, they're feeling, they're learning. Right. We're right. adulting it to make it sexual. Absolutely. But they're not having, they're not, they're not having doing anything. Sexual, right. They're not even having sexual thoughts. It's just they're not. something that they're just doing and we're just saying, doing it. oh, that's nasty. Don't do it. You're so right about that. Mm. Yeah. And I'm going to have to call you later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, us adults still need that information, you know. I mean, my kids yes, are grown and everything like that, but I do have a grandson, and you know, you do have to, you know, and still, hey, that's not nasty. Is a part of life. Is a part of you that's know right. your sex. It's your body. Yeah, it's your, it's body. your body. And wow. if you start there, you start teaching them autonomy you start teaching them control over their body mm-hmm. versus that once again you start separating you start feeding into the predator that says don't talk about that because you know that's dirty yeah i did it to you but don't tell nobody right when, as the parent you've already told them it's dirty so what do you think they're going to do they're going to keep that secret and that's not a blame game on anybody it's right. a learning process it's really understanding and undoing a lot of the shame and the guilt that has been placed upon us by society. This is not a blame game by any means because some things you cannot stop. But what you can do is try to make the best steps possible to prevent and prepare. Absolutely. I love that advice so much. And I hope that everyone that sees this 
yeah. will understand exactly where you're coming from, you know, <laughs> and start from now because it's not too late for them it's to, not. you know, stop being, you know, blaming or shaming or anything like that to their youth. Yeah. How long have you been changing people's lives? Because that's what you do. <laughs> and I know that. Oh my goodness. You know, it's not easy being a parent. So it's not easy being a parent and trying to teach your youth how to accept themselves and, you know, how long have you been doing this? Well, I have been a sexuality educator over 25 years now. I started professionally as a peer educator on my undergraduate campus. And so, uh, but I even started before then. I started before then uh, in an all-girls high school, uh, realizing that I had this proclivity to understand my body when everybody else, I was living under the shame and guilt of Catholic guilt. Oh, yeah. and so I had to go sneak and look at books and read books and and just kind of absorb it all. And in the reading and understanding, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. This is just normal. So this is how I feel, how the books are telling me this is all normal. But I keep getting all these messages from the adults in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and so I started there talking to my friends and, and uh, girlfriends in school and things like that and explaining to them about how, you know, our body works and, you know, what it'll be like when you get a cycle and what it'll be like when you have sex for the first time and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, we would really have these kind of these conversations and I would if it came to something I didn't know, I'd just go back to the book and I'd find it Absolutely. <laughs> and That's come back to them. That is smart. And I know they were probably like, girl, you better go talk to Devondra. She'll tell you. Well, right. It was was better. It was like, stay away from her. She crazy. She talking to I love it. And so now when they see me, they're like, oh my God, I cannot believe you knew way back then. And Mm -hmm. it's just lovely seeing you do what you've been doing for all these years. I mean, you know, when God blesses you with something, it's no turning away from it. It's no shaking it. You so. had to take it and run, and like you said, if you didn't know something, you went back to the book, and you looked, it. and then you came back with an answer. That's so it. I'm pretty sure that's what you do now, and I know that you are so well-educated on this topic, especially, you know, doing it for over 20 years, so I really commend you oh, on your patience because... <laughs> There's a lot of questions about sexuality, and I know people are like, whoa, you heard some of the craziest questions ever, but was able to help people through these things, you know? Oh, yeah. You hear a lot. A lot of it is misinformation. A lot of it are, you know, they're myths that people grow up with or wives' tales um, that they really grow up believing. Um, Mm -hmm. And then when you start learning the history of sexuality, you start realizing some of the craziness that happened in the name of sex, Um, you know, cornflakes. If you didn't know Kellogg, (laughs) cornflakes has a, a connection to sex. Really? It was made, cornflakes were made bland to try to squelch women's sexual hysteria. So for us to not get horny, for us not to get excited and aroused, we were supposed to eat cornflakes. That's why I didn't like those. That's why I never liked them. I like (laughs) cornflakes. <laughs> and, and all the other sweet cereals. And all the other sweet cereals. <laughs> exactly. I didn't want that. Anyway. That's exactly what. 
Yeah, the craziness that's connected. The craziness that's connected. Oh, wow, that is something. So how has, um, you know, your profession helped you in your your relationships or relationship right now and your family life? Yeah, so I I personally think it makes me a better communicator with both, um, you know, my husband and my kids. Mm -hmm. So it allows for you, one of the things that I think comes out of releasing the shame and guilt around sexuality is that you're able to have a more robust conversation and interaction with people at a very intimate level. That's even Mm -hmm. non-sexually. I don't, because I don't have a lot of sexual shame and guilt, I put myself out there. You know, like I told you, I'm pretty transparent sometimes Mm -hmm. at the embarrassment of my husband. Um, But (laughs) for me, (laughs) me, we got to do that in order to keep it <laughs> they got ass, babe. I gotta tell them. Like you don't have to tell them. You really don't. I'm like, all right, good. But it helps me have more intimate relationships. And that's been a, a journey. That's not always been that because let me tell you, it's a, it's been a battle of trying to, you know, trying to soften the Catholic guilt and be who I am and who I believe God destined me to be, which was this kind of voice for the voiceless of people's sexuality. Right. And, but what has happened is it really does allow for you to have a better relationship. I know you probably heard people say, oh yeah, you don't, you know, you don't get into good sex until you're over 50. Well, half the reason is because you don't care by the time you're 50. You like you're not, you don't have so many inhibitions. I mean, yeah, that's true. By the time you're just like, you think what of me? I don't care. You you think I said something crazy? I don't care. And yeah. that's the reason why people start having better sex in their older years because and then right. you know when you're younger you don't even really know what you want you know and, right. so when, as you get older and you start experiencing you're like okay I don't want that I do want this I don't want that and like you said when you get older you're just like hey look this is me take me this is me take me or leave me Absolutely. That's it. And the thing is, is that we could have that younger, right? And I've I've been blessed to be able to have that younger, but we have to prepare adolescents, children, uh, young adults, we have to prepare them for those decisions on a, um, on an integral basis, right? It can't be, oh, you're 18. Here's the information and go sow your wild oats. Oh, you're 21. Here, go do this. It, It, it just doesn't work like that. That's what you're spending all of that next 25, 30 years trying to undo before you have good sex again. Right. Because <laughs> you've been left to, you've been left to the wolves. You yeah. know, I, I yeah. teach, I tell people all the time, if we taught someone or a child how to swim, the way we teach sex education, they'd all drown. Yeah, they were all drown. They'd all drown. Yep. And if Maybe all men that are natural fish that are like <laughs> right, right. The... Yes. But why do you think we have so many sexual problems? Why do you think we have so many divorces? Why do you think we have so many, you know, sexual, I mean, uh, sexual assaults and things like that? Because we're right. not prepared the way that we should to thwart some of that. There's not enough of positive sexuality information in the world to counteract all the negative, crazy, perverted nonsense that we get. I 
agree 100%. And you know what? It's so funny. I never thought about it that way. You know what I mean? I never thought about these sexual perverts and this and that, you know, doing these things because of lack of sexual education. Some of them. Right, some of them. I'm not saying it was just about everybody because some monsters are monsters. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that, but there are some that are acting out aggressions that they haven't been able to deal with. Wow. Yep. And like you said, some of them, not all of them. Not all of them. Yeah, that is so true. That's just like amazing for you to even, you know, for you to let me, I mean, allow me to think about these things, you know? Yeah. So, and like yeah. I said, us as adults, we're still going to be learning from you, you know? So I know the adults <laughs> that come to you, you know, yeah. have their eyes open and be like, wow, I didn't really think about it that way. That's right. You know? That's right. And that's all. And that's the reason why I retain educator, because I truly believe that I'm a educator. I'm a facilitator of education, thought, growth, mental growth of how we live this life as a sexual being. Like, it's not about me espousing all of my knowledge upon somebody. That's not what it's mm-hmm. about. It's not about me being the expert, the expert and the guru. Right. Um, It's about me saying, hey, have you thought about it like this? Or did you think about it? If we turn the tides about this, did you get a different perception or a different angle if I ask this question? Um, It's really about that. And it's really about just kind of, if I give you the education now, what are you going to do with it? Right. Right. Um, How are you going to apply it? What other things do you need to apply it? Right. We can't I can't just give you something and don't give you the tools to be able to do something Mm. with it. Hmm, Absolutely. And and in my profession, you know, I call it my toolkit, you know, because if you're teaching somebody something or even telling them anything, you can't just tell them and then send them on their way. You know, like you said, you have to give them the tools to follow up with, you know, what's going yeah. on. So what made you, I know we spoke a little earlier about, you know, you telling your girlfriends, you know, after you finish reading out of a book, you know, some um, information about sexuality and how you get your period and everything like that. So what is that one of the things that made you want to become um, a sex and wellness coach? I think one of the things that really made me um, become a coach was, like I said, first off, I believe that it's embedded in me. I planted the seed and it's just who I need to be. Um, When I got out of undergrad and I was uh, making my way through grad school, I decided to be an adult toy party lady, right? So I was one of those kind of... (laughs) I had one of those (laughs) so I did that as like okay you know what that's a way that I can kind of be in sexuality field and once again like I said we're still battling that one foot into you know not being sexuality based and the yeah. other foot into no, this is what I need to do. So yeah. I kept the day job kind of thing and then did that at the evenings on the weekends. Uh-huh. And <laughs> and so what I realized though, first of all, I was making money hand over fist. Uh-huh. Um, so everybody wanted these toys. But then secondly, I started realizing after about a year in the business, God, I'm, ma- I'm, I'm spending so much of time mm-hmm. with these ladies while I'm doing orders. And it's not because they're ordering so much. It's because I'm coaching them. 
This was before coaching was a true profession out in the world for everybody to say they were a coach. I realized like that's what's taken me so long. I'm sitting with them. I'm educating not only on the product. I'm educating how do they introduce the product to their lover? How do they have the conversations? How do they communicate? Where is their clitoris? We are literally, I am drawing pictures and doing <laughs> charts and I like, oh. okay, okay so this is where I am with grown women I mean mind you at this time I was 24 25 maybe uh-huh. and I'm talking you know to women at the church on Sunday we're talking you know 50 60 45 mm-hmm. like so they're like oh my god how do you know all this well okay <laughs> <laughs> Right. And so then it was that, right? And then it's it's kind of fighting that um wow. fighting that whole thing of, oh well, you must be been doing this. And I was like, Well, I've been learning it, you know, I don't have to do it or to know it, you know. And so even just having those kind of misconceptions out of their head, like, oh well, you must do it all. Well, I talk about it all, I sell it all, right. I'll teach on it all, I, you know, I'll educate on it all. But I don't do it all. That, that's the whole point right. is you make your decision for what's good for you. You don't have to do it all either, right? Um, you know, or if you do it once, doesn't mean you have to do it again. And you know, it's it's all those. It's the permissions and all of those things. It's the having the conversation to say, oh, I can do that, and I feel like I'm a bad person. Oh, I can, um, you know engage in this kind of activity and then not feel like I'm the scum of the earth. Right. Absolutely. And I love that you said that. I really do because people, you know, sexual sexuality, sex and everything is just a natural thing. And if you want to experiment and do whatever you want to do, and if you don't like it, don't try it again, but it's not a dirty thing. And a lot of people look at it as if it's a dirty thing, but it's not. Yeah. Well, I mean, and look at what we have as our teachers. We have most oh. of the time pornography yeah. or some, you know, old dirty uncle that decided to do craziness to us or show us stuff or, yeah. you know, like I, when I can remember being in, in middle school and, you know, the little boy next to me, like, look, and I turn around and he's got his penis out. Absolutely. And, you know, it's that kind of stuff. So if that's the kind of in way that we engage in sex and sexuality, yeah. then of course, then we feel dirty and shamed and, right. oh my God, I don't want to do it. So I thought mm-hmm. I it's a lot of undoing that shame and guilt that we work on and replacing it right there's a whole movement right now with ethical pornography that is um, a lot you know softer and from a different point of view than the perverted the overly you know um, misogynistic and and male dominated pornography filmmaking that we've known for all these years Um, so you, you know look into that look into educational pornography if that's something that you want to look into um erotic literature is another way to go for you to get some kind of um feel for things that you know you may want to get into and and try but that you're not really willing to look at it you know on camera or something like that so there's all kinds of things like that that we can you know dive into and so a lot of the coaching that i do is all about permission giving um undoing the the wrongs that have done you know, been done to us by society and Mm -hmm. kind of replacing that with a healthy relationship with sexuality. 
Wow, that is yeah. what I'm talking about. Some of the yeah. benefit, right? <laughs> I, so, I, I know that you know when you're coaching um, families. What are some of like the common, you know, problems or issues in the relationship or in the family structure that you see a lot, you know, within these families? Yeah, for the most part, um, so a lot of times people will come to me, like if it's couples, right, they'll come to me where, like I said earlier, one person wants it a little bit more than the other, or they're going through some type of um, emotional patch or even a medical patch and trying to figure out what that looks like. Um, I get a good bit of clients around pleasure post-trauma, so um, I really like working with those people that say, you know, that have gone through either some type of sexual trauma or medical trauma um, and are now trying to figure out how they become pleasurable, how they can get their good, healthy sexuality either back or created because they never had it. Um, So those are a lot of the ways that I kind of work with couples and singles. Now, when it comes down to a family dynamic where there's children and parents involved or a single parent and a child or something like that, Mm -hmm. for the most part, it is a lot around trying to raise a child in a healthy and age-appropriate manner. Um, A lot of de-blaming, right, on both parts. Um, Because a a parents do a lot of you shouldn't be doing this, or you must have done this, and you nasty because you didn't did this, or you, you know, I don't need you pregnant, so you're about to get on the pill, and all these kinds of negative type of stories. When sometimes the children like, I really just want to know, like all I want to do, I just want to understand what the heck you're talking about or what what they're talking about. Because I saw a movie and they told a joke, and while I get it that it's about sex and sex. I have no idea what the heck they're talking about. So what does that mean? Um, And so kind of undoing a lot, like I said, once again, undoing a lot of the things that have been done to us, given to us, the miseducation that has been given to us. It's a lot of that. It's a lot of making sure that we don't continue this intergenerational sexual trauma um, that we have done in this westernized culture. Wow. I love that. I mean, Mm -hmm. you just, oh man, I tell you, I'm going to want to call you, like I said, and be like, listen, can you answer this question for me? Even though I had the experience, I've done this, I've done that, but you know, you are telling it really like it is. And a lot of people don't do that, especially the coaches in school, sex education, this and that. And I don't even really see sex education anymore in the schools. They have PE, which is gym. But then mm-hmm. remember, we used to have another class with that where that's right. go into the classroom and then, you know, we would communicate about menstrual cycles and ovaries and all of that yeah. other stuff. I don't see that anymore. And it's really not in detail the way that it should mm-hmm. be told, you know, that's right. That's exactly it. Wow. So how often do you see the same families? Do you coach them like for a year or six months or when you feel like they've had enough experience and education from you to go ahead and move on? Yeah, so I have coaching packages usually. And so the coaching packages are for um, particular targeted reasons, right, and purposes. So like I have one that's uh, beyond basics. So for a couple that may have gotten into the groove of just, you know, doing a missionary or maybe have a a standard three positions that they've been doing Mm -hmm. or um, they are no longer... uh, 
really kind of engaging in this kind of heightened sexuality because kids are around and things. And so now it really has become humdrum. And so we talk about how do you get beyond basic uh, with your sexuality? We have one that's from sexless to satisfied. And so for uh, marriages that have gone for, you know, at least 10 weeks without having sex, how do they re-engage? How do they reconnect? Um, How do we get them to a point where they have enough of tools in their tool chest that they do not get back to uh, being sexless and get them to that understanding of satisfaction for both of them. Um, so those types of packages, they may run from a one month package, depending on what it is that we're talking about, to a six month package. Um, I usually don't see a couple any longer than six months because if that's the case, if we've gotten to the point that we're six months and we still haven't figured this out, then more than likely you need either therapy or a good attorney. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I think that Um, that is true. (laughs) And that's, you know, and that's not a bad thing. It's not, it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it just is what it is. And that's where the two of you have found each other. Um, that the season has passed for the two of you to be together. Um, or that you really do need more psychotherapy because what coaches don't do is psychoanalyze. So we don't get into the nitty gritty of why something happened or the, um, unpacking of the trauma that might have happened. We don't do that. And so whenever somebody comes to me and, and I always ask and we do a full throw kind of assessment of um, have you have you had trauma? Have you dealt with the trauma? Do you understand any uh, uh, triggers that you may have from that trauma? Um, so then that way we can avoid any of those triggers. And if they say they haven't dealt with it, then I send them to a therapist before they come to me. Or I work in tandem with the therapist to make sure that those issues are addressed in the proper um, in the proper manner. Wow. That is really good and enlightening. That is beautiful because sometimes people yeah. do come to, you know, um, a sexual sex coach or whatever, and think that it could be fixed just with that. Not even understanding the past has a lot to do with what you're going through, you know, at That's the right. moment you are something else. And if anybody is looking to find you, please tell me where can they find you? Oh, sure. So find me on uh, my website, DevondraBrown.com. So that's D-A-V-O-N-D-R-A Brown.com. Or you can find me on Facebook uh, and Instagram at Dibs on Sex. That's D-I-B-S. So uh, my company's name is Devondra I. Brown Services. And so that's where D-I-B-S comes on, D-I-B-S on Sex. That's Instagram and Facebook. And then you can probably find me on LinkedIn and Twitter just at Devondra Brown. just don't use those as much so I can't remember <laughs> okay <laughs> that's okay because I can't either, so <laughs> I, I just say hey contact me at thelovemanual.com and you know everybody knows that that's where they could reach me they can reach me on Facebook uh, facebook.com forward slash the love manual page and you know if they find me on those pages then that's where you know they'll link me link up to me on other platforms but you are um, a joy to have on a show I so appreciate you. you you know giving us some tips and advice about how to talk to these youth and these young adults and the adults as well because (laughs) it's not easy and Mm -hmm. I applaud you for what you do like I said and I commend you for having so much patience to deal with this topic because it's really serious and it's not easy 
Yeah, it's not. It's been a long, hard journey. I mean, I started this when, you know, sex was still very much a dirty word. At least now, you know, we have help with, uh, you know, people like Nicki Minaj and uh, right. we've gone through <laughs> we, got, we got that rap out there now, so we can get, <laughs> we get some help. Um, you know, we have the Me Too movement that has come about. We have a, a better understanding of what uh-huh. it looks like to understand rape culture and how things are, you know, indoctrinated, colonized into us and things like that. So yeah. I have a little bit of help, a little bit more um, substance now yes. uh, behind it. There's a lot more uh, avenues into becoming a sexuality educator or even any type of sexuality professional. There's a lot more degree programs in that. Yeah. There's coaching programs and things like that. Eventually, I'll create a coaching program myself. I'm just mm-hmm. not on that yet. But yeah, yeah, I know we would do it. I already know. <laughs> I can see it. I hear it. Oh, thank you. Wow. But we have a bunch of different avenues, so I have a lot more help, and it's a little bit easier now, but it's still yeah. a very, very hard journey um, to help people understand that this is not mm. anything that's perverted or cruel. It really is something that, it, you know, is, is God-ordained. It's given to us, and, and we yeah. just need to do whatever we feel is right with that, you know, yeah. and that's not for anybody else to dictate. It really isn't. Absolutely. Well, I love that you summed that up and I would love to have you on a show again. So, you know, I want to thank you again for um, even joining me at the Love Manual. And it was a pleasure, Devondra. Thank you so much. Well, I will accept that invite in advance. So let's just go ahead and figure out calendars and things like that. And we'll see each other sometime in the new year. (laughs) We sure will. Thank you so much for all of your um, tips and advice, like I said. And please enjoy the rest of your night. And, you know, go ahead and share some of that with your family. Again, oh, they get, they, they get all the yeah, they get all the goodness. Husband and son, they both be like, oh, Lord, here we go again, again, right? Yeah. My daughter is the one that's like, hey, mom, what are you what are we going to talk about tonight? And she's five and she's ready. What are you talking about? What's this? No, ma'am, this is my fault, but you cannot touch it. She'll tell you that in a minute. Oh. <laughs> like, yes, yes, yes. going to be a mini you. Body autonomy. I like it. I like it. I love it it too. Thank you so much again. I appreciate you. I appreciate you as well. Thank you for what you do. Oh, thank you for what you do. Okay. All righty. Good night. Evening. Good night. Thanks. Bye. Sweetheart. (laughs) I love it. Thank you guys so much for joining me at the Love Manual. I'm Mel, your host, like I said. And if you want to reach us, please contact us at thelovemanual.com. And please, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the love manual page. And do not to don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. Thank you to uh, you know what? I appreciate you guys for listening. And until next time, take care, guys. Thank you.